Hey there, this is Brian. I'm the host of the Engaging Missions show. If you've found this show for the first time, I did want to take a second to let you know that this show is not currently in production. You're certainly welcome to check out all of the archives, but we don't have new episodes coming out at the moment. However, I did want to take a second to highlight one of the sponsors that sponsored the show a while ago. They're not currently sponsoring the show, but if you're looking for a place to invest in the kingdom, I'd recommend checking out Mega Voice Audio Bibles. You can find them at megavoice.com, or you'll find a link in the show notes, and I would encourage you to just check that out and see if maybe that's a fit for your giving. There's no compensation here or anything like that. I just wanted to highlight them. And with that, I'll get you back into the regular program. You're listening to the Engaging Missions Radio Show, Episode 42, with Wendell Rovenstein. Welcome to the Engaging Missions Radio Show. If you care about missions, this is the place for you. Whether you're actively involved in ministry and missions, are considering missions, or serve God in the marketplace with a heart for God's kingdom, you're in the right place. Join us each week for inspiration, encouragement, resources, and so much more as we delight in the things that God is doing all around the world. Before we get into today's interview, I wanted to mention that I do have an announcement at the end. I don't want to take up a whole lot more time before we get into Wendell's interview, but I did want to let you know that if you're interested in finding out about something that's going on with Engaging Missions, you'll just want to stay till the end. All right, let's get started. I'm really happy to have Wendell Rovenstein on the line with me today. Wendell is the president of Bibles for China, a ministry whose passion is openly and legally providing Bibles to the rural Chinese Christians. Now, before he became the president of Bibles for China, Wendell was involved in a wide variety of ministries, including 20 years of pastoral ministry, as well as some work that he did for Billy Graham's organization. Okay, Wendell. Now, I've given just a little introduction. Can you take a minute and tell us about yourself and the ministry so that we can get to know you personally? Thanks, Brian. And I uh, appreciate sometimes you, you know, and uh, put uh, Psalms 37 chapter, I think it's verse 28, says the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. And uh, as a young man, I always never quite understood that. And I'm not, I'm not sure even as uh man that should be retired and sitting at home, which I'll never do. That would not, that's not me. Uh, Never quite understood what that means. But over our lives, my wife and I have been married uh, 55 years. We have four sons and a daughter. Our four sons are all actively involved in either, two of them are in pastoral ministry. One of them is in a ministry with he and his wife in uh, the Chicago area and have a son who's a, a Marine aviator that's retired from the Marines that lives in Austin, Texas with uh, three daughters that really love and serve the Lord. And then a daughter that is a professor at a Christian university and uh, she is working our PhD to be, uh, to be an instructor at a university and, and back as we, my wife and I, this 55-year process of the journey and fellowshipping and being in the in the body of Christ and seeking the Lord's will, there's certainly a crisis that come during those times. The devil doesn't uh, just let those that have a, a ardent heart for God just to let them lay and not to pay any attention to them. I think sometimes the more we struggle with the enemy and the more things that go on in our lives, relationships, and and the needs we have and the frustrations that the devil kind of throws at us, sometimes without us really realizing the Lord's already has that covered for us, that we doubt that we're really righteous men or we're really walking in the leadership of the Lord. But in this 55-year process of walking with the Lord and uh, being in pastoral ministry, being in college administration, Christian college administration ministry, working with the Billy Graham Association, I have certainly seen what seems to be the hand of the Lord opening and giving blessings to where we show up in his presence. One of the things I think that Esther and I as a couple have really tried to emphasize is there's got to be a way that we constantly keep in mind that it's not about us. It's not about our children. It's not about 
what we tell them and what we expect of them, but it's what you release uh, through the leadership of the Lord, through his word, to those children and to those the Lord has entrusted you with, to plant within them the word of God, the presence of God, and God's call and embrace upon their lives. And I think that comes by example. Um, a lot of times I think we as parents uh, think that, hey, I can spend a little time with my family and that'll be good enough. But spending time with them without proper example and them being able to see who you are and what really gives you passion and love for and your willingness to what you invest your life into really has no effect on them at all if they don't see you walking the way you're talking and living out. In other words, your the video of your life needs to match the audio of what you're telling people. And so when when asking the journey in life from pastoral ministry to working at the college and working with the Billy Graham Association and coming to a place in life, I felt like, hey, this will be a wonderful time I can we finally retire. I'm, uh, I'm over 65 years old. I've got retirement. I've got uh, Social Security. We can enjoy just being non-committed to any, anything. But the Lord had different uh, plans and a different opportunity for us. And when I saw the need and the opportunity and the ability to put together people and teams and organization that has opportunity to place Bibles in China legally and without cost to those uh, individuals that we are going to that need the, the Bible so desperately. The Lord really opened that up to us and to our lives and to Esther and I and those that have joined us. So whether or not you consider yourself a righteous man, if you're obedient to his leadership, you don't go around and say, oh, righteous me. But you go around and say, oh, thank you, Lord, for counting me worthy. And I, I yield myself today to you as your humble servant to bless and use me in any way you can. And uh, it's been just really, really enjoyable, not without conflict from the enemy, but enjoyable to see the Lord continue to bless and open the doors for ministry in China through what I think is the most significant touch we can have is providing God's word so individuals can be discipled, developed, and, and uh, individuals that can establish and plant churches in China. Well, that's great. Uh, you shared so much wonderful stuff in just the, those couple of minutes right there. One thing that really stuck out to me, and it's something that we've been trying to pray for our kids, is that they would be familiar with what God feels like, not just that we would you know, give them a, a knowledge of the Word. We want to give them that example, and we also want to give them that experience so that as they go through their life, they know what it feels like when something comes from God so that they can use that to help differentiate, you know, as, as they've got that experience in their lives, as they've got that knowledge in the word and as they've got examples then god can walk them through their lives mm-hmm. and I, I appreciate you sharing that it's, <laughs> it's just so powerful um and, and and meaningful to me now as we get started you know we know a little bit about you but can you share with us maybe a scripture or a motivational quote that's been really meaningful to you over the years and then how that scripture or quote has really shaped what you've done well, you know, I said, you're, everybody say, well, from Bob, being the leader of Bibles for China, I'm sure you got a scripture that talks about a scripture that grabs you that has to do with the Bible. And um, even though there's a lot of things, uh, you know, Psalms, uh, Psalms 119, there's all sorts of things that talk about God's Word. But basically for me, I think the thing that grabs me and has is also from Psalms 37, chapter it says, Delight yourself in the Lord and he will grant you the desires of your heart. And I think there's there's a couple of ramifications there. If you're not really delighting yourself in the Lord and you're sitting around looking down your nose at the plight the Lord's placed you in, and you are a victim of what God has planned or you're a victim of what someone else has uh, provided or didn't provide for you, or you're a victim of your own circumstances where you don't, stay in his word you don't stay with his people you don't stay you don't honor him on sunday or in his word or in his sanctuary or or with what he expects of you 
then you are not delighting yourself in the Lord. So you really can't expect him to grant anything that's the desire of your heart. So when when Esther and I had our children, all five of them, you know, <clears throat> which is a prayer that I believe God heard and answered, that we prayed before they were born and right after they were born, that if these children the Lord has given us charge of, that we don't have the ability or the intelligence or the proper skills to be parents that we should be, that God would grant them to us and for a while, but rather than them to eternally be lost, that he take them so that they can be eternally one and a part of the kingdom because of their rebellion and their reversal desire to serve God. So, you know, I mean, our, our prayer was pretty, we were pretty expectant that we were going to live close to the Lord, be obedient to him. Um, this sounds probably in days in today's vernacular. I mean, why would you pray that? But, you know, I, we weren't really con- worried. We really didn't consider or think that having a major league baseball player, a major league basketball player, a major league NFL football player would, you know, need it. He'd take care of us the rest of life, plus himself and many around him. Uh, that I guess that's a desire of a lot of people's heart. But our greatest joy was to know to know a kid was living his life for his family, living his life for his community, making uh, investment in his community, having a work ethic uh, in his community, and and I realized the day that we lived in in that time is a lot different than today. But I think children and parents still need to have some basic discussions that they know what you think, you know what they think, you listen instead of always talk. Because if they don't love and respect you, Brian, you know, you're not going to get any respect from them and you're going to have a hard time receiving love back and forth. So love and respect with a husband and a wife, with a father and a son, or a mother and a daughter, or a daughter and a son, a daughter and a dad, all those things are love and respect relationships that to me can only come uh, out of the book of, out of the rules and directions of leaderships uh, that come from the Holy Spirit. So you delight yourself in his word. You pray and delight yourself knowing he's going to answer prayer. And then when you grant the desires of your heart is that they will be a blessing to others and that their families then in turn can duplicate that again for another generation is has kind of become the scripture and what we build our lives and our ministry around. That's great. You know, I, I know that I sent you a uh, a list of questions, but as you've been sharing, there's another question that's kind of bubbled up, and it's not necessarily tied to, to missions directly, but is it okay if I ask that? Sure. No, no. So uh, We need to be an open book as Christians, otherwise we haven't, you're, the prosecutor's going to judge someday, and it's all got to be out there, and the results, uh, we all take responsibility of what the result is and, and adjust ourselves to the leadership of the Holy Spirit, so... Yes. Okay. So as you were talking, you talked about, you know, developing relationships and about making sure that your children um, know, you know, what you believe and also that you're instilling in them certain values. Can you share with us maybe one or two things that you did, you know, maybe ways that you ordered your lives in order to facilitate the Holy Spirit working in them in those ways? Well, this was a rather tender moment. I mean, but uh, I think that it's, I can share this because the one the one member of the family I'm sharing with, he and I both uh, know this and we both understand this. It's not a hidden secret, but um, your ch- your children, one of them is going to grow up to be just like you. Okay, Brian? <laughs> <laughs> and he or she is, that will be the person, one that you will have the most difficulty understanding them. And they have the most difficulty understanding you. And we had one of our children that uh, great, great, wonderful child. My goodness, you couldn't ask for a better Christian, a better follower, follower of the Lord. And I mean, we we had fun together, but there was that loss of kindred spirit between myself and that child. 
And uh, thank God for intuitive women. Uh, God gave us a woman. Uh, I don't know what people that uh, have relationship or a significant other that's not a lady with intuitive feelings that God gives. She said to me one day, "You do you know that you and the child, our child, child, aren't getting along and you're not communicating and you're not on the same page? And I said, no, that's not true. That is not true. And she said, well, I'll challenge you. She said, uh, at that point, I was recruiting students for Oklahoma Wesleyan University in Oklahoma, in Barsville, Oklahoma. And TWA, Transworld Airlines out of St. Louis, had a, uh, some sort of a deal where if you bought a ticket, you could take your child or your wife or someone with you on the round trip take, trip you went. And I took this child with us. At this point, the child was about an eighth and ninth grader, you know, just a real sweet age that everybody gets along so good at. They're climbing Fool's Hill, and you're trying to direct them up the hill so when they get to Fool's Hill, top of it, that it'll be secure and everything's fine. But you see all chaos is coming into their world and yours, too. And so we traveled together from Tulsa to St. Louis, St. Louis to Portland, Oregon, and I spent a week with that child talking and visiting and asking the Lord to direct and lead that we could have this open Christian camaraderie, love, father's, father, child, friend, you know, someone says, well, I don't care if I'm my kid's friend or not, I'm his dad. Well, you've got to have both. You can't say I'm your dad. You got to like me and you can't say, I know you like me because there's a, there's a relationship that has to develop, Brian. So it wasn't good. That whole week was pretty bad. <laughs> and so I was going to stay in the area and uh, the child was going to put on the airplane to send back home. And that night we were in a motel room in near the airport and I asked the child to pray and said, just pray and ask the Lord to kind of give you and I an open quality relationship and ask the Lord to tell us what that should look like. And it was probably the best, best, most touching, the most gripping prayer in my life. Basically, the child just prayed, Lord, you know, Dad and I, we want to be friends. You know, Lord, Dad and I have struggled. So he confesses to the Lord this whole process that we felt. And that night was kind of like an aha spiritual moment that, you know, you have to sometimes go that extra mile when you think, no, I don't need to do that. He'll grow up. But they grow up as you show up in their lives. And I think one of the greatest problems Christians have is not realizing that when you're in God's word, when you're praying and seeking him, and when you're waiting on his will, you're not going out and doing something ahead of him because then you're out there saying, Lord, here I am over here. What are you doing back there? You need to let him lead you and at least move in the direction you think he's sending you. Then you show up where he has sent you. And because you're reading, you're praying and being open to his will. Wherever you are, you're in God's presence, in my opinion. I mean, in other words, when I show up wherever I go in the morning, I'm there in God's presence because I have maintained a committed life in the word. I've maintained a committed openness to his leadership and prayer. And I've maintained, Lord, you open the doors and I'll be there showing up where you are to accomplish what you've called me to do. So basically, I kind of took my wife's challenge and I said, well, I'll show up with him and I'll prove that's wrong. But then when I got there, I realized, no, I'm not proving anything. I'm making myself available and the Lord is showing up through me. And even though it wasn't a fun time I had, I had and they had a planned on we together, it did end up being a significant game changer for us, that there was a new relationship that began developing from that day. And that that child's a very, very, uh, very, very successful and involved in Christian ministry. And uh, it just, you know, that's 
it's a process. You can't go to sleep and you can't uh, work at this as a by yourself. It takes a couple and it doesn't take a, it doesn't take a city to raise a child. <laughs> it takes a mom and dad committed to Christ in a fellowship and in his word that accomplishes that. Wow, thank you for sharing that. Then I know that that was a very uh, deep and personal thing for you to share. Um, and you, yeah, I'm, I'm impressed with walking through the challenge of that, the uh, willingness to open up and allow the Holy Spirit to work in your lives to speak to and through you and through your son. Um, and and that kind of challenge, those kinds of challenges are common to the human experience. Mm-hmm. We like to think mm-hmm. that everything's like it is on Facebook, that everybody's <laughs> life is happy and there's unicorns and rainbows or whatever mythological thing exists out there, right? But that's just not real. And I appreciate you sharing that with us. With that, I would like to move to the other end of the spectrum. I appreciate you sharing the the challenge that you went through, but there are those moments when we have that moment of revelation where almost like a shaft of life, God puts something into our lives, or maybe over the course of years, he's revealing something to us. And then all at once, it begins to make sense. Can you share with us one of those times when God really kind of revealed something to you and then share with us what you did with it? Well, yeah, that that becomes a problem almost for me, Brian, because every at every juncture in my life, even from Dating my wife to being married with her was a revelation from the Lord. I mean, who would have thought that my wife and I would would even be compatible, let alone be ministry partners? Or when I pastored a church and was very happy and successful in what the church uh, was doing where we were at, and then to have someone stop by and invite me to be involved in a in, in an academic community that was certainly a revelation to the Lord, and then. Then have the opportunity to work for an organization and wasn't happy there. It was a great organization, wasn't happy there. And pick up the phone and call Samaritan's Purse and talk to a gentleman says, well, you know, uh, we don't have anything at Samaritan's Purse as far as compassionate ministry is concerned, but we do have a position that Franklin's looking for individuals to serve as crusade directors for him, and that would be a revelation. <laughs> then to come to the end of my life and think, man, this is really neat. I've got all these things in my denominator and profile so I can just relax. And then probably the most, uh, the strongest revelation came to me when I was in China visiting and just looking for opportunity, working and being with other organizations in China, that I just went kind of on a trip with another ministry to see what they were doing in relationship to placing Bibles. It was um, on my, it was on a birthday, one of the birthdays that I had over there, and I was. they asked me if I would like to share. And I got up that day and shared that I had no idea that there was such a great opportunity in China that there was millions of people that needed God's word. And that somewhere or another, God spoke to me. I told him, Scott has spoke to me today that I need to go home and find friends and relationships and develop some way to fund Bibles, small or large, and that I need to provide an opportunity for people to be involved in bringing Bibles to China. That was, uh, I'm not, I don't know that I'm prophetic or what, but that was something I committed. And then I don't know if you do this, Brian, but a lot of times I get out on the limb and say something that under the inspiration, I say that. And then I realize that was not what I meant. I can't do that. And then the Lord kind of, puts these wings and gives you a little of his spirit and direction and says, uh, you can't do that, but I'm, this isn't you doing this. Uh, let's do this. I'll, you, you go and be an instrument and I will help and I will direct and lead you to do this. So, you know, I mean, that was pretty strong revelation to me beyond um, and working with the Billy Graham Association, me and other guy that uh, worked with the ministry and started kind of putting these pieces together. We knew how to activate churches and church communities and get people behind an effort to have a citywide uh, festival or to get citywide involvement. And I personally felt like that 
that's all we would have to do with Bibles for China, just go share with the churches, look what we can do, you can be a part of this, how can we help you have a mission touch? Well, we learned pretty quickly that, uh, at least for Bibles for China, that wasn't a place that we could move in and come do something locally. That was doing something on the other side of the earth that no one really believes happens anyway. I mean, I still ask people, do you know that you can go to China, buy Bibles in China, purchase them and have them drop ship to a, a province, a city in a province, and you can go over there and watch them hand out Bibles to three to four thousand, three hundred to four thousand people of church that people have walked miles because they've heard they can get a Bible. They haven't had one since the, the Cultural Revolution, nineteen forty-nine, and there's been a void of Bibles. Uh, Mao, when he took over and got rid of all the Bibles, he made a he, he had one thing he made. Uh, uh, policy after that, that everything that China does will be done in Mandarin. All Everybody will read in Mandarin, everything will be communicated in Mandarin. <laughs> what other country has a billion, 350 million people that has a high literacy rate that is Mandarin? So the Bibles that we distribute, I mean, the thousands of Bibles that are needed, they don't have to be translated or work through. They're all the Mandarin Bible that all of China can read and participate in. So that was a that was really a strong revelation from the Lord. This is his ministry. I'm only a vessel. I only I only have so many days and so many times I can go back to China and God is providing leadership that will continue to use the ministry in a very significant way. So yeah, that was a you know, I've had a lot of revelation from the Lord, always moving from something to something else. And some would look at my resume and say, my word. But each one of those things were opening the door so that I could spend and develop and help the Lord work with him in developing a ministry of Bibles for China that can be used for making a big difference in China as far as his word's concerned. Yeah, that's that's great. You know, as we were chatting for just a couple minutes before the interview, you had mentioned some things about, you know, making sure that you followed the Holy Spirit and, you know, not trying to be too structured. And the thought that came to my mind is Jesus saying that the wind blows where it will. And you don't you don't see it. You see the effect, but you don't know where it came from or where it's going. And so is it with everyone who's led by the Spirit. And as I'm listening to you recount how God has moved in your life and the um, if I can say it, almost um, the the ludicrousness of your resume from here to here to here to here, right? That kind of thing, God moving in your life that way is clearly how he's doing that in your life. And I, I just think that's stellar. I think it's wonderful to hear from somebody who's been able to so faithfully follow for years that kind of leading in their life. So in in that sense, it's just so great to chat with you right now. Now, one thing I would like to, to do is talk a little bit more about the ministry that you have going on in China. Um, sure. Maybe sharing something that's going on right now, or maybe something that's exciting you about the future. I'd like to hear a little bit more about what Bibles for China is doing. Oh, that'd be great. I, you know, nothing I enjoy anymore. Well, no, I shouldn't say it. I like talking about my 16 grandkids and my five great grandkids just about as much as the ministry I do. But uh, the fact is, like the, the modern technology, Brian, you know, it just. It just kind of, at 76 years old, I have to really work hard. I have uh, college kids that entered college and just graduated from college keep helping me with social media community because I think I've got it and then it slipped away. (laughs) I think I've got it and then it slipped away. But I've got a son over in the UK going to Cape and Ray Bible College in the UK area. And so we do FaceTime. You know, I mean, it's kind of like what other. What other generation could you do FaceTime and be able to talk to uh, the generation, my grandson, that's over there developing his walk with the Lord so he can be effective for the Lord someday? And so with, with Bibles for China, it just became really, really clear to us that we had to develop a network and relationship there. How did this look? Uh, we weren't sure. What do we? How do we go about this? We weren't sure. 
So we we developed a relationship with a group that has helped us for three years in making the connections and developing the relationships there. And basically, we have, for lack of a better term, they, we've engaged them as a consulting firm for us to assist us over there for three years. During that three years, uh, we've been able to visit and see and enter into the network communities in China in a very significant way. And we're as we've been able to do that, Brian, we're realizing that not only the, they, they need Bibles in a desperate way, the Bibles for China will always, our mission and our trust and our only thing is going to be Bibles for China. And that's a pretty, that's a pretty simple marketing directive. Bibles, that's what we do. China, that's where we do it. So if we, if the Lord, if fitting into what the Lord has and we can't maximize the Lord's ministry through those two words with the four in between them, then shame on us. You know, we need to, we need to open up the ministry and get as many people involved in this as possible. But in, as to answer your question on looking at this and doing this three years, we realize that we're making these contacts and touching these people, but we do it rather quickly. You know, when you go in and take, you've got, you've got 5,000 Bibles to distribute with 10 churches. That'd be 500 Bibles at each church you're at. And some of them are smaller than that, and some of them are bigger than that. So they parcel them out, and the people in those areas sort that out. So we know where every Bible went, where every community that that it's in, and who the person was that was responsible to make sure those Bibles are not, well, and they're stamped in the Bible, they're not sold. But we develop a relationship with them and celebrate with them that Bible has been placed in that community. But then we would hear them always saying something like, you know, we have a great need for training. Do you have anybody that could come over and help us and train our young leaders? And what many people don't realize when they're talking about young leaders, these, these young people are becoming followers of Christ. And it's amazing how they're doing it. You know, sometimes it's just, I mean, it's revelation. It's revelation the Lord gives them, and then someone shows up and shares with them uh, God's Word or shares with them what God's doing in their lives. So as soon as they have this wonderful opportunity to serve the Lord, the next thing they want to do is go to a home and start developing and working and seeing that they have a group of believers. So when these young people or these young believers go out, they don't understand cross-references in the Bible. They don't understand the concordance in the back of the Bible. What we found out when we uh, visited with these people, what do you do when you get a book? You start at the first of the book. So my wife and I, we read the Bible chronologically through every year. I mean, I I came home after I saw the need for Bibles in China and committed to the Lord. I would not let one day pass from that day on without being in his word, because those people are in his word every day. Uh, Most of us have probably 20 Bibles in our house, and if we read all 20 of them uh, five times through the year, we'd bring the Bible a hundred times, I mean, there'd be a hundred different times I'd read God's Word. I'm not sure people pick up their Bible that often, but I just really committed myself, and then my wife joined me, uh, that we read God's Word every year. So it's not until you get into October that you get into the Gospel. So it's kind of like you start, new Christians start reading Genesis and going through there, and it's like, wow, you know, I mean, because some of my I've shared with, they said, well, I'm reading the Bible, but there's a lot of stuff in there. It's really confusing to me. So basically what we're endeavoring to do and what's on the agenda for next year is we're going to get the Gospel of John, a little book of Gospel of John. And for every Bible we give to the individuals next year, we're going to give them a little Gospel of John book. And I mean, just a little instruction to them: say, start with this, and then go back Mark, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the, and the 
and the rest of the New Testament, and then realize that the Old Testament or the things before the New Testament are all the all point to the history of Christ and his death and resurrection and return to heaven, and then he'll come again. So that's kind of where we're, I mean, we, we're not, we're not going to give up Bibles because that's what God has called us to, but we're looking for partners and churches and, and, uh, uh, uh groups, businessmen uh, that are having Bible studies that would go with us and distribute Bibles. And then they would stick around a day or two and help these people train them in, in the, basics of the scripture, the basics of God's word, uh, that's a real heart that uh, the Lord's kind of given us a revelation for, or a heart for next year. And also, and those are approved by the Chinese Christian Council, and also there's a little booklet that uh, it's a, from creation to the, the life and, and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ and some of the uh, things that the apostles did that is a little children's Bible booklet. And so we're going to match those with the Bibles we give. So if we go in and do 5,000 Bibles, then we do 5,000 uh, booklets of John and 5,000 little booklets of children's that's of illustrated Bible stories. I feel like we're making a stronger impact upon the local church and touching the church and maybe being able to assist them to have more of a discipleship and a growing relationship and an evangelistic touch than just leaving Bibles and not spending a little more time with them. So we're going to spend a little more time this next year just looking and listening and hearing the church in China so they can encourage those we take and we can be encouraged knowing that there's a sister church or sister relationship group that is kind of developing or working together in China to make a difference. Wow, that's good. Uh, with that, I do want to shift gears just a tiny sure. bit. But you've actually mentioned uh, encouragement, and that's where we're headed. Um, because we know that not everybody who listens to this show, in fact, most people who listen to this show are not called into full-time ministry. They're actually operating in the marketplace. They, right. do, they do care about missions, but they don't necessarily feel called to vocational ministry in that sense. Mm-hmm. What would you say to somebody who is called to the marketplace, but they're starting to wonder if what they're doing in business really matters for the kingdom? Well, uh, I'll just tell you our, what our ministry, the ministry has been so encouraged and so uh, blessed by markets, by markets place Christians. I mean, um, I mean, and I don't know whether to be, whether this is a good or a bad thing, Brian, I can't really say, but you know, we, we do our ministry virtually. I mean, we have we don't have an. Uh, I mean, I have an office, and that we've made one of our bedrooms an office. It's pretty nice, but the, you know, it's not. I, I'm a I'm a show up sort of a guy. I mean, when I was a pastor, um, I felt like God called me to show up, not to sit in my office and say, "Well, call my admin assistant, and she'll set up an appointment for you, and if you'll come over to my turf, I'm sure I can help you out." Mm-hmm. Rather than say, hey, I'll show up. Where are you at? You want to have coffee right now? Because if someone calls me, they've got an urgent need. So so our ministry is developed on from marketplace point of view, in my opinion, because those are the people that are being directed to our website. We're pulling them out of Facebook. We're pulling them out of Twitter. We're, you know, we're, we're passing, we're asking people through Google Plus, whatever, whatever we need to do. And we're, we're putting funds toward that to kind of generate that, uh, uh, virtual ministry office. And people, people are giving to the ministry through credit card and online and PayPal from all over the world. I mean, you know, I mean, uh, Singapore, I had a gentleman that was marketplace, uh, he was doing business, and he found us online, and, and he told me what he's in charge of, and he's a regional Asian representative for uh, for the block, well, the little safes and all of the uh, hotels and motels in Asia. And, uh, you know, I mean, my goodness, in Asia, there's one in every room, you know, and I mean, he's a very significant person and gave very significantly to the ministry. So... The, the marketplace people, in my opinion, have a deep touch, 
And a ministry, I mean, well, any ministry can do it, but an in ministry like Bibles for China is what I tell were a little more universal than uh, a ministry developed here in uh, the States. And by that, I mean, it's God's word and God's word isn't for the U.S. or for Africa or, you know, it, this is God's word and it's universally the carnal nature of man that deals with this and Christ is uh, everyone's uh, savior regardless of race. So I feel like as we get the information out in the blogs and the stories of what transpires and what's going on, that marketplace touches and people have a desire to touch and be involved in ministry have a tremendous opportunity with ministries that are doing, you know, are, are proposing or speaking forth God's presence through his word or involved in, in taking just pretty much the basic. And this is what we stand on. America stands on the constitution. Christian stands on his word. And so, um, I think that marketplace people should really realize God has a significant opportunity for them is they need to find a significant ministry to be a blessing to. And I mean, I could give you a couple of examples, but it becomes a little personal, and, uh, you know, but people that are in, I mean, three or four, especially that have joined our ministry that are really significant uh, people in the marketplace that support, pray for us on Facebook, send little texts or send me an email or, you know, I mean, and they are contributing uh, on a monthly or a quarterly or a yearly basis that really makes a big difference in China. So, I mean, there's significance. And, and I feel like if they say, well, I would like to, I would like to at least be a part of that because I've been supporting it Why for 10 days, every two years, they could go with us and actually be a part of one of our teams and feel like, hey, I'm really a significant part of what's taking place here and really feel connected without guilt that it's not enough. Uh, it's it's wonderful that they can be connected, be in the marketplace to support and praise God that they can. And we, you know, we have, we I feel like that the ministry has set ourselves up as ministry and that the Lord's been very strongly leading us that uh, the people you're talking about are people could join us and see a quality product, the Bible uh, printed in the world's largest printing press in China, Amity Press, delivered from Amity Press to the location that we're going to show up to uh, distribute those Bibles as, as, as a, uh, ordered and brought there by the Chinese Christian Church Churches Committee, uh, which we worked through the that, co that community and through the Chinese uh, registered church so that, you know, what we leave and what we do is legal and we can do it the, celebrating with them and making a tremendous eternal difference in the lives of this generation and the next generation to come in China. Wow. Thank you. Thank you so I much. I hope I answered your question. You ask a question, always takes a long time to get it done. But. <laughs> well, you know, I, I find that that kind of thing happens when people have walked with the Lord for a while because there begins to be so much to talk about because <laughs> his interaction in our lives is so um, fundamentally life-altering and his fingerprints are so distinct in our lives. Mm. Uh, so I'm, I'm glad to let you do that. I, I do actually need to go ahead and start winding this down, though my wife sure, has been sure. watching the kids. But before sure. we go, oh. I definitely want to get from you just one last piece of advice for our listeners, and then the best way for people to connect with you and uh, to become involved. We are uh, we try to make this as e easy as we can, uh, Brian. Uh, well, first of all, there is a tremendous need in China for God's word. There are a lot of Christians and. China that need God's word. We're working in a province right in a region right now where they say there's 484,000 Christians. They have been able to distribute 125,000 Bibles to this point that you know that they verified and they were there and they know where they're at uh, to that community. But there's still a need for almost 350,000 Bibles. We can't meet that need, but 
and they say they'd like to do this in the next five years. You know, if uh, I don't know that God's going to lead us just to work with that community, but I do know that this is one community that we know for a fact from the leadership, this is their need. So if there's a, if there's that kind of need in a this is a, this is an area of a city over four million people, and a lot of people don't even know it exists in China. You know, when when we sit down and talk about uh, where where I flew out of and over to Beijing uh, when I was over there three weeks ago, the city I flew out of was ten million people. Well, that would be like if you took New York City out and took the next three largest cities. They wouldn't even amount to 10,000 people, and that was an interior city in rural China where we are. So the need is just vast. I mean, it's not like anyone. I mean, there needs to be others that are helping to see that this is accomplished. So what we've tried to do is make it as simple and as easy for anybody, anywhere, anytime from around the world. Just go to BiblesForChina.org, read our stories. You can learn there. There's uh, information there that you can see. There's a little airplane there that says you can go. You can uh you can go there and say you'd like to go on a trip. The trip is should run less than three thousand dollars for you. Um, there's no questionnaire. We're not just going to take anybody. We want to know that they love the Lord and His Word and that they're passionate for that. But our goal is we'd like for anybody and everybody that loves God's Word and realizes that if if my country or if my family or if my community or if my fellowship isn't embracing God's word. There is a community, there is a place in the world that they are embracing God's word, Brian, and there's a great need. And like you said, where the wind blows, we don't know, and how the Lord's wind blows, we don't know. But there's a spiritual wind blowing in China, and there's a great need for his word, and they're embracing it. And that's going to change who China is and becomes. And where that doesn't happen, there's a there's a spiral. There's a spiral that starts downward and away from confidence, and away from ethics, and away from honesty, well, into an area of distrust and lack of respect. And uh, God's word changes all that. And that, I would like for everybody to grab a hold of that. Stay in God's word. Stay on your knees and wait on God and ask Him, Lord, do you want me to be involved in this ministry? And unless he says no, I mean, at least let him lead you in the direction that your heart kind of moves and have what you have a passion for. Thank you for sharing that. And before we go, I don't normally do this kind of thing, but I would like to encourage the listeners to consider sowing into the Word of God in China. I'm not mm-hmm. necessarily telling you to do it through Bibles for China. I'm, I can't tell you how God's going to move in your life, but I believe God is doing something in China and in Asia. And I believe that he's giving us the opportunity to sow into that. So that would be my encouragement to you, to take that and pray about it. And if God directs you toward Bibles for China, then connect with them and find the ways that you want to be involved. Um, If you're looking for the link for that, I I know that Wendell mentioned that. We'll have that in the show notes for you as well so that you can just stop by and click through. And all of that will be available for you. And Wendell, thank you so much for being available today. You too. You too, Brian. I'll be praying for you. My goodness, this is Thanksgiving so much to praise God for. And I, in the midst of all our turmoil, God is still our solid rock we're leaning on. And we all need to keep our eyes fixed north and, and keep focused on what he's doing and paying attention to his word. And I appreciate your time. Well, that's the end of our time with Wendell Rovenstein. I'm really thankful that we were able to connect. It means a lot to me, especially because we actually recorded this the day before Thanksgiving. Now, I realize that this is going up in January, so it has been a little bit of time since we talked, but it meant a lot that we were able to make time and connect in that way. As I mentioned, the show notes will be available at engagingmissions.com slash Wendell Rovenstein or slash 42, as in episode 42. That one actually might be a little bit easier to spell. I do also have a search bar. If you, if you just go there and start typing in Wendell, you should come up to the, the one that you're looking for. That's where you'll find links to all of the resources that Wendell mentioned, as well as being able to connect with him and some quotes and some things like that. It, it's kind of neat to check out. And then also you can 
If you're interested, leave a comment there. Uh, You can connect with us on iTunes and a number of other things. Now, the announcement that I talked about, I wanted to bring this up to you because I'm actually pretty excited about it. I'm trying to merge some of my goals. So I have a personal goal this year that's related to my health, and I want to run a couple of 5K uh, races. That was one of my goals. But I also want to do those in connection with doing something valuable in the world, not just benefiting my health. And what I've done is I've registered for a 5K in the middle of February, and I want to raise some funds for a missionary that's gone off to Australia who will be going on an outreach soon. She'll be going with YWAM. Uh, Her name is Jenna Grossman, and I would like to use this as a fundraiser. I'm looking for people who are interested in running with me and having a little bit of fun. I'll probably be running about an 11-minute mile, so I'm not super fast. And I'm also looking for people that would be donating. Now, Engaging Missions is not a nonprofit organization right now. So if you're wanting to donate, what we'll be doing is giving donations through my church. She's connected through my church, so you can get tax credit. All of the money goes to her, and the church doesn't keep out anything. And we'll have some details for that. What you'll want to do is go visit engagingrun.me. I wanted it to be easy to remember, so go to engagingrun.me. Register for the newsletter. That way you can keep up with us. Let me know if you're interested in running with me. Uh, Let me know if you're interested in helping raise funds or in raising funds. I really want to do something here to help her because this is an opportunity for us to take something fun and also to invest in the kingdom. We don't know what God will do in her life or through her life or through the group that will be with her. We don't know what seed will be sown and what what person will be encouraged, what person will be called to Christ, what, what part of the world will be transformed. And I don't want us to miss out on that. So I want us to have this opportunity. If you're interested, again, engagingrun.me. I'm not going to try and beat you over the head with that, but I would like you to kind of go there and connect with me. If you have any feedback regarding the show, you can leave that, again, in the show notes at engagingmissions.com slash Wendell Rovenstein, or you can shoot me an email to feedback at engagingmissions.com. I'm really happy that you were here. Some of you have probably been here for a while, maybe have already subscribed, and some of you might be visiting for the first time because you're connected to Wendell. And if that's the case, welcome. We're glad that you're here. If you just stopped by this one time, that's great. But if you liked what you heard and you want to hear more from missionaries like Wendell or any of the other 41 interviews that we have up so far, you'll want to to subscribe to the show in iTunes. You can do that by visiting engagingmissions.com slash iTunes. On that page, you'll find a link that'll take you directly to the show in iTunes so you can subscribe. And you'll also find a short, about two and a half minute video that shows you everything that you need to know if you want to leave a rating and review for the show. That actually means quite a bit to me because that will help other people connect with the show. It will help other people find us and then hear the stories of missionaries like Wendell or the other people that we've talked with. And that's another opportunity that somebody might be encouraged, somebody might be challenged, somebody might be led to do something that will make a difference in the world and in the kingdom. We, we don't want anybody to be held back from what God might have for them just because they don't know about it. So I would appreciate it. It would, it would mean a lot to me if you could do that. It also helps me know if I'm meeting your needs because the, that feedback can come back to me and I can see, oh, somebody liked this. Somebody didn't like this. This connected with somebody. Maybe I should do more of that. This is one of the ways that God can talk to me through you. No pressure. Do it if you'd like. I'm not going to beat you over the head with that either. Again, thanks so much for being here. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. This has been the Engaging Missions Radio Show. Thanks so much for listening. May God richly bless you. We'll see you next week.